Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Car Stories episode. Today, we are with the one and only Cody Lewis, aka LA Car Spotter. Welcome. What's up, everybody? Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your busy day to come on here with us. Thanks for having me. So happy, happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks. For people that don't know what you do, can you explain a little bit about LA Car Spotter? What is it? Um, well, LA Car Spotter is really, it's an Instagram account and it is an experiential thing that essentially is my daily life of living in LA, the car hub and what it's like to just drive around and see the craziest cars in the world all the time. So LA Car Spotter is kind of my way of showing people that can't see these cars or have never seen these cars, what it's like to have these cars driving right next to you. And how did the idea come to you so how long ago? Um, I mean, it was like, I want to say roughly seven or so years ago, I'd have to go back to, to backdate and mm-hmm. see what my first post was because yeah. I think my first post is legitimately like my first post on the page. I don't think I ever went back and changed it or anything, but, um, something like seven years. Um, but it was originally something that when Instagram was chronological, wasn't like huge influencer level yet. Um, I had my own Instagram account. I have my personal Instagram account Mm -hmm. and because it was chronological and because the way that stories were happening, I would be driving around and I would be like, Oh my God, I just moved out here from New York. And I was seeing all these crazy cars because I had moved to like the border of West Hollywood and Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, leave my crib and see a Lamborghini and a Rolls Royce and then another Lamborghini and then a Ferrari and then a Bentley and a this and a that. And it's like, it just was so crazy that I kept posting it and posting it on my story and like on my page. And my friends were like, we get it, dude. Like you're blowing up our feed. You're blowing up our stories. Like we get it. You like cars. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, so I'm going to separate this and just make this account that kind of chronicles uh what i actually have seen just Mm -hmm. for my own sake so they don't get lost in my camera roll (laughs) and you know it's uh that's basically how it started it was like if you want to see the if you're one of my friends that are into cars and you want to see the crazy cars that i see then you could follow this account so i just kind of made the account with no intention of it being anything yeah and uh it just kind of grew because it was a a public page Mm -hmm. you know and and people caught wind of it and i obviously you know did some thing you know did the hashtags and like you know followed a whole bunch of other accounts was tagging accounts and i was seeing just really crazy stuff so it and it and it's only in los angeles yeah, I mean, for the most part, mm-hmm. like that's where I live right now. So that's where it was born and that's where I was driving back and forth yeah. to work. Now I work from home, so there's a little bit less driving back and forth to work. But um, yeah, I mean, when I do go to other places, I still show other things. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Monterey Car Week is something that I'm posting all all over, you know. Uh, you kind of just have to. Yeah, I mean, I at this point, 
Well, I go to a lot of car events. And since I live in LA, there's an unlimited amount of car events here. You really do every yeah. weekend, there's multiple car events. So on top of that, you can, like I said, you could just drive around Beverly Hills and get your fill mm -hmm. or Malibu or something like that. So like, I don't have to go outside of LA to find the craziest stuff. And then, you know, if I'm in Orange County, I'm obviously going to post the cars there. Or if I go over to Goodwood yep. or if I'm in another country, I'm obviously going to show you where I'm at. Yep. But for the most part, yeah, I'm in LA. Where's your uh, go-to location in LA to spot? In LA? Yeah. I mean, I just kind of cruise uh, cruise the mean streets of Beverly Hills, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, obviously Rodeo Drive is is a hitter because yep. everybody that wants to just drive down the street to show off their cars. But I mean, there's a few streets, a few hotels, a few restaurants that I just kind of know there's going to be cars all the time. Have you uploaded a, like a photo um, of a car that you really like and later found out that it was owned by someone famous? Um, I mean, yeah, but a lot of times I'll post cars and then they'll be owned by someone famous that I have no idea who it is. Okay. You know, yeah. that's an interesting question because mm -hmm. like I never took a picture of someone. Like, the only person that I actually kind of liked and I was like Tyler, the creator. And someone was like, oh man, that's his car. Yeah. And I got messages about it being his car. But I mean, I get messages about it being all these like SoundCloud rappers or like athletes and like all these people that are not necessarily obscure, but just like obscure for me. So it's like, oh, that's cool. The car's cooler for me. <laughs> Let's go back a little bit. You mentioned that you were from New York. Yeah. Um, what part of New York? And uh, were you always into cars? Yeah. I mean, I grew up into cars. I grew up, um, as we say, on Long Island. Mm -hmm. We don't say in Long Island or, you know, whatever. But I grew up on Long Island. I lived there for most of my life, and then I, I moved to Manhattan mm -hmm. before I moved to LA, as Long Island people do. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was always into cars. My family was always into cars. My uncle collects cars. My dad collects cars. Um, not to like any kind of crazy extent, but, um, and me and my brother were always super into cars. And we would always go to the New York auto show. We would always go to local car shows and, um, you know, we had a, a few, we lived in an area where there were a few epic collectors and, mm -hmm. you know, so we had some, some good stuff. The only thing about New York is that, um, you get about six or seven weeks out of the year. That's nice enough to drive your car around without right. having to worry about it. So what brought you out to LA? Yeah, I, I don't know. I came out to LA to be with my girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And I also figured, well, if it doesn't work out, at least I'm not in the middle of Kansas or something. So I, I nice could be weather. In, yeah, I could be in worse places. So yeah. if it doesn't work out with the girl, yeah. then I'll I'll still be okay being in LA. Um, so that's what happened mm -hmm. is I came out here and it didn't work out and I stayed here and I've been here nearly 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So. We tend to ask people uh, this question on the podcast. I mean, you're seeing cars all the time. You're creating content around them. What do you think about EVs getting into that trend? You really put me in the hot seat <laughs> um, because every man, you really put me in the hot seat <laughs> because I'm not an EV hater. 
Yeah. I'm like, I think that EV has its place. I don't know enough about the environmental impact. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about the types of batteries other than obviously solid state is the way to go. But I think that we may not be quite there yet necessarily. We have a, like a lot of really great options, but I also think that there's a lot of really great applications for EV. Mm -hmm. I think that you don't need every single car to be a gas car. Mm -hmm. it, I think that denying EV would be like denying the supercharger or denying the turbocharger or mm -hmm. denying any type of new technology that's built to increase speed or performance of a vehicle. So, I mean, yeah, on a performance level, there's definitely benefits. But if you're driving a car and you want that visceral experience, then EV is not what you need. But if you are driving a car or being driven in a car, let's say a, a Rolls Royce, um, or you're in a big GT, like a, a Bentley or even like a Mercedes S-Class or an SL or anything mm -hmm. like that, that you don't really, it's not about the engine or the sound of the exhaust. You want it to be fast. You want it to be quiet. You want it to be smooth, you know, so, and you want it to be clean. So as far as the applications go, yeah, that's not what you want out of your race car. Mm. You know, you want it to be aggressive and you want it to be manual and you want to smell it. And you want to hear it. You want to feel it. But if you're in the back of a Rolls Royce, you want it to be like sound like nothing, feel like nothing. And you want your driver to be able to overtake anybody on the, on the highway. Yeah. So I think there's like applications where it makes sense. So, uh, what do you drive? I mean, right now I just have a three series convertible, like a 335, which is, it's All okay. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, um, it's a, a good LA car yeah. for what I do and for, and you know, the, for, yeah, it's for what I need. It's great LA car because it's a convertible. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, obviously it's quick enough. Yeah, it's qu it's honestly much slower than I wanted it to be. <laughs> to be honest, I, I came, I thought it was going to be a lot faster. It was one of those cars that it came out and I was kind of, um, you know, exiting high school mm -hmm. and it was really fast back then. Yeah. But since then I've had some other faster cars. Yeah. So when I got this car, I was like, oh, it's going to be like fun and super quick. It's mm -hmm. got this twin turbo, but, or twin scroll turbo but yeah it's a, it's cool it's uh it's not terrible i mean it gets you from point a to point yeah B. and it's like la has destroyed most of my other cars that i've had out here so any cars that i have that i don't want destroyed are still in new york and then like the car that i drive out here i have like one car at a time mm -hmm. and i know that it's going to get banged up by either my neighbors in the garage or the parking lot yeah. or on the street so i just kind of don't want to worry about it if money wasn't an option for you what would it be as far as cars or a car i mean like realistically if money was no factor in, yeah. in choosing my car um i don't know if i would go like crazy high level billion you know like multi multi million dollars um i would probably just go with the f40 like that's my dream car or like uh, an lp 400 like uh i'm really a, a simple guy at heart <laughs> you know but 
like I'm not I love hypercars and I love that kind of stuff and obviously I love the super crazy classics like the GTOs the Ferrari GTO I have a super love for the F40 it's just always been stuck in my brain and uh and that's like the one car that's yeah. my one dream car always you often hear that a lot yeah I know it's cliche <laughs> you know and it's like I feel like you probably get a lot of really similar answers to that mm -hmm. question, like the McLaren F1 or a Ferrari 250 GTO. And like, you know, to they're, they're all really great answers, um, you know, because you want to figure out what's the most expensive. I mean, when you say something like yeah. money is no object, but I mean, I would really, really like, um, even though I know that they aren't very fast and they kind of you know we experienced mm -hmm. that they sometimes they yeah. don't make it up hills but like <laughs> i would love like a tri-5 chevy like i would love something from the 50s that's big and bubbly mm -hmm. and has huge chrome bumpers and flares and and like uh uh you know wings in the back and and things like that so i love cars from the 50s yeah so any anything cool from from that era or an f40 so you mentioned going uphill. So for those people that don't don't know what we're talking about, Cody and I, we were part of the Peterson Hollywood parade that happened, celebrating the hundred years of the Hollywood sign. And we had the pleasure to drive in uh, the S2000 Suki from Too Fast and Too Furious. And when we were going up to the actual sign, there was a steep hill and um, we made it up, took uh, several attempts, but uh, barely, <laughs> we barely made it up there. But uh you also sat in and went for a drive in the Ocean's Eleven. 11 yeah. Yeah. The uh, Ford Falcon. Yes. How was that? That was great. Yeah. I mean, that's like a, it's, it's not quite a supercharged S2000. It's mm -hmm. definitely more of a cruiser, but I mean, and that and car is built. Too. That car is kind of built out. Like, I don't was know it? if they, I, I'm not, because I, I don't think that they talk about that in the movie at all. I don't okay. think they make any kind of like, um, I don't think they make any reference to the speed or modifications mm -hmm. to to Brad Pitt's car in the movie. Yeah. But that car has like one of those fat quick shifters. Oh, really? And like it was quick, you know? Uh -huh. And it, so it was definitely modified. Okay. So I don't know too much about that car, honestly. It was cool. I mean, it's a it's a pretty regular ish kind of car, you yeah. know? It's not like a hot ticket kind mm -hmm. of car, but I mean, it's just a, a rad car yeah. from that time period. And he also went in the Ray Brown Roadster, the hot rod. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. Yeah. I love those. <laughs> I love hot rods. Yeah, you're so exposed. And it's a pretty quick car. I, th I mean, that All thing of those was ripping. Rods, yeah. yeah, I mean, that thing is ripping. It's like <laughs> yeah. not, you know, it's a, a lot of engine and not a lot of car. So yeah. it's hard not to be quick. But that thing especially, I think it, it in 1940 eight mm -hmm. or 1951 or something like yep. that it went 140 miles which an is hour. insane yeah so <laughs> like i mean it's definitely not slow yeah. i'll tell you that um i mean with the parade you know i'm sure you had other opportunities to be involved with things or got invited what were some of the most memorable like moments that alley car spotter account brought to you basically working with companies or going to events yeah. name a few there are so many <laughs> to be honest like i've been really grateful because the fact that i never really intended for this la car spotter account to 
do anything for me, you mm-hmm. know, to bring me any opportunities, to get me invited to anything, to have people send me things, um, to make money off of. Like there was really no intention to do that. And it took on a life of its own. So, I mean, I've been, I've been really honored to be invited to a lot of cool events. Um, I mean, the release of the, the U S release of so, so many different cars. I mean, like the cool, the, I would say like one of the first coolest things that I've done, I mean, cause I've, I've kind of have like a pretty solid list at this point, <laughs> but I mean, um, Nothing's nothing too crazy, but when they were first introducing the the Aston Martin DBS to the states, um, Aston Martin Newport Beach was like the first person to have it, or the first people to have the the marketing car. And I probably had maybe five thousand or so followers, and they had invited me to go take pictures of the car before they kind of started showing their customers and oh, things sweet. like that to do kind of like press shoot mm-hmm. for that car. So that was a super cool thing to be able to do where I was invited to see a car that nobody had really been able to touch and drive. And, you know, so that was a really cool experience for me. It was one of like the first kind of big deal things for me. Um, also, not long after that, we had the release of the Senna. So mm. I'm pretty sure this was, and I know the Senna came out in 2018. So I am pretty confident this was in 2018. It might have been 2017 mm-hmm. because it was like a prototype. But yeah, basically they they lifted the Senna like the first chassis 000 mm-hmm. Senna uh, from Wilshire Boulevard on top of the Beverly Wilshire hmm. for the Father's Day Rodeo Drive concourse. So O'Gara had done that and they had this like exclusive customers only and special people, yeah. VIP only little finger foods and yeah. stuff on the top, yeah. on the rooftop there. And, uh, and that was super cool because i was able to not only be there to watch them lift it up but i was able to you know hang out with all of these people that it wasn't just like rich people that own a bunch of mclarens there were a lot of people like industry people there were journalists up there there were um car dealership owners Mm -hmm. and there were car company owners so there was a lot of cool like networking opportunities up there as well I mean, fun. that's the Senna is like one of my favorite cars. Yeah. I think it's super sick. I love the Senna. I mean, I think it got so much hate. I think it's part of my love for it is how much hate it got when it first came out. And now people have like warmed up to it. Most people mm-hmm. I think pretty much everybody except for um, like Johnny Lieberman. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that thing is so it's it rips. It rips and it's so uh, good looking in an ugly way Mm -hmm. but it's great like it's so aggressive (laughs) yeah another question we tend to ask people are do you follow motorsports at all i don't really it's uh um so for a few reasons i used to follow kind of like i mean i used to watch rally cars like group b rally when i was young Mm. so it was old reruns of races 
So I wasn't really following them. I was just watching the races and like, this is effing crazy. <laughs> and like, eventually I want to be able to drive like this. Yeah. Um, and then I started watching other races. It's, you know, I was watching F1 a little bit in the early 90s and I was like Schumacher and stuff like that. So it was cool at that time. And then a lot of things really changed in that, you know, sport. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was occasionally watching some kind of like GPs, like the Isle of Man, TT and things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, there were, there were some things that I followed but not really. There's this thing that I have that I don't really, I'm not really into racing. I like racing the cars. I like driving cars fast yeah. around the track, but I don't have as much of a connection with specifically like race built race cars. Like I don't, I'm not into F1 because F1 cars don't translate to real cars to me. They're just like purpose built machines, like a basketball. It's like you only use it for that sport, not mm. for any other reason. Mm. So, like I love Group C, but it's the same kind of thing. And there are so many cars that aren't really like I like the most GT3 classes and things like that, where it's like the most extreme version of what a road car would be, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. that's where I find more connection. So it's like but. you like racing where you can actually buy a car. Like it's realistically you could buy it. If you yeah. Can. Yeah. Like, yeah. but so like, I don't, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't like racing. I mm -hmm. love it. When I go to the tracks and stuff, like it's awesome. I yeah. just don't follow. I don't know these the drivers anymore. Mm. I feel like there's been a few drivers that have just kind of been dominant for the past decade or so. Mm -hmm. So the sport is kind of not as interesting as it was, but it's also gained a lot of popularity in the same time. Like yeah. Netflix specials, obviously. Yep. Everybody says that I, I watched the Netflix special and now I'm totally hooked and I love <laughs> F1. And like even my my mom and my dad watched it. Now they watch it <laughs> F1. So, but yeah, it wasn't on me. Is there any like upcoming events or shows or anything that you're looking forward to until the end of the year or in 2024 or maybe something you you've always wanted to attend and maybe 2024 would be an opportunity to do that so absolutely yeah. velocity invitational unfortunately i'm not going to be able to make it but um i have been going for the past few years because it's only been a couple of years yep. um, and it's an absolutely incredible event it just keeps getting crazier and crazier and better and better i know and like i unfortunately i can't go this year i have a friend's wedding uh, that i have to go to so if there were any other reason you know even if i you know whatever it is i yeah. i would have had i would have gone but it's amazing. It's an amazing event. I only went first year and that was like on the smaller end, but it was like the quality of what was raced was like unbelievable. Like, you know, V10, V8, F1 cars, like just screaming. Yeah. It's just like, it, yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's, it just, you're walking away with a smile always when it, that car just zooms by you. You know, it's, it's an absolutely yeah. insane event and it's it has like all the classes and it's like all access basically mm -hmm. you know it's kind of if you've ever been to like laguna seca because it was at laguna exactly. seca now this year it's at sonoma mm -hmm. so i've actually never been there Same. i don't even know what what type of layout it is or what kind of setup but at laguna seca it's kind of like all of these crazy cars are right 
there in the paddocks and you can walk up to them and you could look at them and it's then they go onto the track and they're ripping it on the track and you're watching these guys are not taking it easy i mean like we were watching pretty sure it was that one but the you know like 250 gtos and tdfs yeah. and like all this crazy stuff like the mclaren f1 gtrs and like all this crazy stuff just going balls to the wall mm -hmm. um on the track and it's really impressive and it's it's so fun and like like legendary people go there like oh absolutely um, Mario Andretti was there. Zach Brown. I watched Mario Andretti drive a modern F1 car for the first time. Yeah. And that was apparently groundbreaking. You know, that's like, uh, that yeah. was cool to experience. Yeah. And like, um, and uh, a few race, a few F1 drivers. And this year they're going to have a, a few hack more. It in. Yeah. Exactly. They, they have a serious lineup this year. They have uh, Lando Norris. Yeah. Lando's going to be there. Yeah. Um, another cool thing too is like, you know, it's a small invitational, it's getting bigger. But like Jim Farley from Ford, the CEO, is there racing. Yeah, just yeah. like no other place you'll see. I mean, other so it's historics like, is like the GTOs, you know. The, so I was going to say it's kind of like it's like our Goodwood, you know. That's what they're trying Even to do. Even though yeah. it's, it's really it's only one day. It could be four days. Could, they could do it four days. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they had, a, you know, uh, maybe a little bit more grass, it's basically like our version of Goodwood because mm -hmm. instead of just seeing these cars like they would be at a concourse or just seeing the race cars and having to be in the grandstands and things like that you can walk through the paddocks you can see the cars you could see the the crazy level of cars that they have there and the variety mm -hmm. and then watch them all race and like it's it's just crazy it's such an amazing event and like they have great vendors there and i love it good people too yeah uh i i would like to make it up this year but i don't know we're so busy here with, with events and stuff like that that's you know it usually takes my weekends up so yeah. maybe i could uh finagle something and kind of see if i could get someone up on the podcast to give me an excuse to go up there yeah know? there you go you got to get like a an exclusive with somebody oh, up there yeah, at least there's like there's enough people up there that you could try to get an exclusive yeah for the peterson podcast but i mean like i try to go to all of like the major events you know a mm -hmm. lot of the major events during car week the pebble and um the quail and i went to goodwood this year and that was really fun um it was hilarious it was insanely rainy and uh and then windy and they canceled one of the days the first time they ever canceled a, a single day since the inception of goodwood festival of speed um but Did i dress up um no so that's the revival that's so right, that's right so yeah. that's what i was gonna say yeah. is that there are two events that i want to try this year is um the Re goodwood revival which is where everybody dresses up and uh I, I mean that's also another era of cars that is like kind of i'm worried about i feel mm. like the younger generation of people aren't as interested in pre-war and brass era and yeah. all those cars that take like a million different steps to turn on and they oh, have sure. eight, eight horsepower and things yeah. like that um but yeah, the, it's super cool. I want to dress up. I want to go to Goodwood Revival. And I also want to do a Villa de Esse. Ooh. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it the right way. but I, I know what you meant. But that that thing, that's in Lake Cuomo. And yep. um, 
because it just looks so picturesque and all the most best pristine, most insane spec examples of cars. Yeah, really just like insane. So Villa yeah. de Este is one that I want to go. We're actually planning a rally next year for that. Are so, you? Yeah. So um, we're going to do. A what does that mean? Like so in, in, in Italy? Italy. So it's going to be like a 12 day rally. We're starting in Monaco and we're going to be going to all the factories and all that. And we're going to end at Lake Como for the show. Nice. I'll wait for my invite <laughs> in the mail. But yeah, what's your goal now? Now you're getting the momentum. It seems like the momentum's building for your account. Um, do you have an end goal? Where do you want this to go? Not really. Um, it's a good question because I don't even know where where it started. I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how it started. I don't know where to take it. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. So like um I'm sure like everyone has an opinion. I'm sure people are like, oh, you should do this, you should do oh, that. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, everybody is like, you should do YouTube. And like, you know, if you're not on TikTok at this point, then like who even knows about you? So you're um, strictly so on Instagram. I'm pretty much strictly on Instagram. Okay. Like I have a YouTube channel, which I have like a video or two on, which I wouldn't even bother watching. It was like me saying, Hey guys, I'm gonna start posting on YouTube now. And then I never posted after that. <laughs> so there's like a few shorts, but, um, and then I made a TikTok account also, and I had it for like a month or so. And it got so many followers that it kind of freaked me out. Like I didn't, it's not like I, I'm, I'm in the millions or anything, but within like le in less than two months, it had like 80,000 followers. And it was just so overwhelming that I'm like, maybe this isn't the platform for me. Mm -hmm. So I haven't yet dialed in like any other platforms because it always was just an organic thing for me of like, oh, there's a crazy car. Let me get a picture of it and let me put it online. It was, I never really thought about how do I monetize this? How do I figure out a way to like make money off of it? But I mean, at this point it's, it's gained enough popularity and it's created, I have enough of a like audience that it would it would be silly of me to not take advantage of that. You mm -hmm. know, obviously I still want to create an organic experience for people and that's kind of unavoidable. You know, it's kind of just drive around and I see cars, but I am getting approached by more and more companies to promote products, to go do, you know, vehicle reviews or testing, mm -hmm. you know, take a car, go to Santa Barbara you know, hang out at a hotel, have a lunch, then do a rally down to Santa Monica and then hang out and have a dinner and something like that and, mm -hmm. and talk about the cars. And, um, you know, so I've been, I, I'm trying to figure that out now, actually. So, um, I, I kind of just go in with the flow. Like I, I'll take, if companies reach out to me, sometimes if it's some product that I like, or if it's a product that I would personally buy, then I'll usually, you know, mention it mm -hmm. if they'll send yeah. me something or something. Yeah, sure. But I mean, yeah, like right now it's kind of like me trying to figure out like what's my next step mm. because it was always LA Car Spotter is, is really just a passion project for me. It's not a mean yeah. means of income uh, for the most part. It's been it's been lucrative in different aspects, sometimes products, sometimes content, sometimes, you know, just networking on the back end has really been huge. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, like, hey, I want a car or hey, I need a car for this or, mm -hmm. um, oh, I have this car. I'm trying to get rid of it. Like, 
So there are certain things like that. But um, yeah, that's uh, I'm trying to see what is the next step. Have really. you um, have you ever been given like any press cars or media cars to like to go drive or? Supposed to do a few projects with a few different companies mm. that I wasn't able to do because I have a regular day job. Mm. So it's actually my day job has gotten in the way, if you will, of some of the opportunities to do that. But fortunately, I've worked with a few different car dealerships and I've worked with a few different like exotic rental companies and they've given me cars to drive around to either car shows or car events mm -hmm. and things like that so um it's not so much press cars yet i think i need to to journalize a little bit more i need to to mm -hmm. maybe do a few more reviews and uh, mm -hmm. things like that um but yeah i mean that's i mean that's i guess you know yeah another path that i could take is is doing yeah. things like that um trying to do reviews of press cars and you should just ask and get a brand new car so that's and just, what, and just well, drive that's what it I'm around saying is like is like uh i if, if i could turn this from being just like a photography page into more of like a photojournalism type of thing yeah. then yeah that'd be awesome like i i really had no intention of of the level of growth that in the life it was going to take on so i really hadn't given it too much thought mm. so most of the time if there's an opportunity that presents itself i'll just kind of be open to it so um I, at this point i am trying to actively strategize certain things to to make the most out of it instead of just like you know not doing anything and just wasting all this money on gas and tickets yeah. and stuff to go to events and yeah. you know obviously i love cars but um uh there's cars aplenty all over yeah. the place but yeah i mean uh it's it's an interesting position to be yeah. in where i have all these followers and i and and i purposely don't advertise things because it was like just about giving people an experience yeah and now it's like well <laughs> now, now you should like now you have enough followers you should be making money on people yeah. think it's my day job yeah what is your day job <laughs> <laughs> i sell software okay so like uh i sell medical software so cool. it pays the bills and it, yeah. it fills my gas tank so that i can drive around and take pictures of cars for you guys yeah. <laughs> um so, so listeners uh if you if you work in a manufacturer uh Give Cody a press car. Yeah, if you work in a manufacturer, <laughs> you want me to talk all kinds of good stuff about your car, just uh, hook me up with a car for the week, take some miles off of my car. Um, but I'll, t I'll tell everybody how great your cars are. Other than cars, do you have any other passions or things you collect, things you like? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, a serial hobbyist. Okay. Like I am. <laughs> <laughs> so like I have too many interests uh -huh. that it's uh it's almost become a problem. Um very fickle when it comes to my hobbies. So I'll be like really interested in stuff and then I'll just totally just <laughs> deny it and just can, totally get Can over you name it. a few? Yeah, so like um um I All right. So I grew up and I was um, always surrounded by a lot of really, um, I grew up in an area where everybody was like a doctor or a lawyer. 
So when I went to college, uh, other than liking cars and stuff and, and liking to do art, you know, just kind of make art, um, the, I, it was always the plan of just go to college and get a degree and go to law school and be a lawyer. And I tried that and I went and to get a degree in sociology. And then when it came to going to law school, I was like, there's no way. So I, I was actually grew up in a house that was filled with all mid-century modern furniture. Mm -hmm. So I was always really into furniture. Mm. So I was like, you know, I'm a creative type of person. I've always been into making art and, and drawing and painting and sculpting and things like that. So I decided to go back to school for furniture design and product design. So I, that was one of my hobbies that kind of basically turned into my, my education. So my background is in like uh, product design and mm. furniture design. And then, uh, so that was fun for a while. And then I got into fashion styling mm -hmm. and I was a clothing stylist for a while. And I was styling like um, doing kind of some celebrity styling. I did like athlete styling. I did styling for just like personal styling for people that didn't know how to dress themselves, mm -hmm. like doctors or lawyers that were in school most of their lives and mm -hmm. stuff. So I was really into fashion, mm -hmm. collecting sneakers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, and <laughs> like, man, I, uh, I mean, I even had like, I think I mentioned this on Danny's podcast, but, um, I was, I had like fish. I was super into fish for mad long. And I had a bunch of fish tanks and like freshwater fish tanks, saltwater fish tanks, like aggressive fish tanks, like really crazy. How many are we talking? <laughs> I mean, what fish or fish or tanks? I mean, probably like four tanks running at most at once. But I mean, like it, having a like a big saltwater fish tank is like a big deal. Huh. So like it's a um, that was a lot. Um, and then I just kind of like fell out of love with that. But I've also How did you get rid of the fish. You sell them. <laughs> OK. Yeah. People buy them. For, Where do you sell for, fish? for big money on Craigslist? <laughs> OK. I got it got to a point with the fish that um, I had fish that started mating and then i had more fish babies and i'm like what do i do with all these fish babies and then i started selling fish babies on craigslist <laughs> it was like it turned into its own little side business how many fish do you think you had at once no nah. oh a hundred <laughs> yeah i mean like well also if you include like the fish babies and stuff but like i, I don't know there were i had <clears throat> i had like big there was a point where i had a big tank and it had just a few really big fish in it, like, you know, like, like big, big freshwater fish that were like nine inches, eight or nine inches. What kind? Um, man, trying to think back, like <laughs> Os Oscars and uh, I can't even remember like the species names. But then were they like super rare or no, not no? not super rare or anything, but they're just like the ones that are kind of like river. Eventually they turn into river monsters, you know, oh, if, they, if they were in the river, yeah. they would grow to be like, so they would eat other fish. They, yeah. So I would, I would throw <laughs> in like goldfish and stuff and they would just snatch them up right away. Like just full, just the whole fish right away. I mean, it's kind one, of fun to watch. 
Man, in college, we had piranhas. So you don't no even want to ask about our little red belly piranhas that we had in college. What would he throw in there? What I don't want to talk about it. I probably can't talk about yeah, it. I got you. <laughs> but I mean, that was fun. And I did uh, like, but yeah, so I was, I was super into like fish. And then with like uh, saltwater fish, there's also like coral and like all mm, the co- mm, like crazy oh, yeah. wavy coral and stuff like that. Um, so you would so buy that all that huge. stuff and throw it in? I, yeah, buy it, grow it, and like all that stuff, propagate it. It's they're like plants, wow. you know. Yeah. But I think what you were what you were getting at was watches. I, th- I don't think you were expecting me to go <laughs> go down that. I mean, I, I wouldn't but, be surprised because most people that like cars are into watches. That's I mean, real. yeah. So like, and you're wearing a tag hat. Well, the watches are my thing. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, watches are my thing. Okay. Um, I collect watches. I'm wearing my one of my Speedmasters. Nice. This uh, Tokyo 2020. Oh, sweet. And the I also build custom watches. So like I collect watches um, of all kinds. Mm. I like to collect micro brands or like independent brands mm-hmm. watches mm-hmm. because I think that like a lot of these older, bigger brands have kind of gone stale or they've kind of you know, fallen into these specific designs that uh, most people are familiar with and they don't really stray too far outside of that. Mm-hmm. So I really like how some of these new smaller brands, independent brands that are trying to make a name for themselves and they're trying to differentiate themselves. They're a little bit more avant-garde, a little bit more um, kind of uh, pushing the boundaries as for when it comes to design mm-hmm. so that they can kind of stand out amongst all the rest of the competitions. So what do you like right now? Chances. Um, there's two really uh, great independent brands that I like right now um, is Autodromo and Brew Watches. Mm. And I think both of them are getting, I, I know they're both getting a ton of accolades. They are, you know, I think Brew has not been around quite as long as Autodromo, but um, the the cool thing is is that Autodromo is inspired by cars, if you or Autodromo, <laughs> you know. But those are like automobile inspired watches, and I really love their line of Group B inspired watches, um, and. They are a very approachable price point. The watches range from like $500 to like $1,500. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, it's pretty comfortable. It's not something like a, a Rolex where you're looking at, you know, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars mm-hmm. $15,000. And they're really, really great designs. And the quality of these watches are really awesome. Um, and then Brew is an even less expensive brand. And they, if you're into coffee, the idea behind this brand is that their watches have like a coffee inspiration to them. So mm. where it's not so much in the actual design of the shape of the watch, the dial on certain indicators on the dial will be references to certain brew times. So like mm. if you some of the watches on the back of it will say like, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes or something like that. And it'll show you the different types of brews. And then they will be in the hour markers or the second minute markers and things like that. 
it'll have different colors or indicators of like, okay, this is like when this type of cup coffee mm. should be finished and this mm. is when this so it's kind of interesting that how they've done that and uh more recently they've introduced a watch that is a black pvd coded version of one of their chronographs so it's kind of like their automobile inspired one i guess they took a, a note out of porsche designs black pvd um notebook and they made this black PVD watch, which is kind of like a car watch built by a coffee watch company. So it's like a cars and coffee watch. So That's I just, cool. he's, it's really great designs. Yeah. They're all like kind of seventies inspired, which for me is like one of my favorite eras mm-hmm. of watches. So yeah, those two brands. Awesome. Go show them some love. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to come to an end. I think you, uh, cool. You let some of our listeners learn a lot more about you. and um, But if I missed anything, how can they learn more about you and what you do? Um, well, I won't tell you anything about what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can follow me on Instagram and you can follow all the cool cars that I see and you might find out what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you're, can you just you're give your handle? Uh, I mean, I'm it's, mentioning <laughs> it's LA Car Spotter, and there's an underscore at the end. There you go. So uh, go give Cody a follow. But uh, Cody, thanks for being on Car Stories, and uh, stay tuned for our next guest. Thank yeah, you guys. Thanks so much.